0: And Welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and we're coming back to you after a bit of time off with a special episode as we prepare for the return of Netflix's The Crown, which should uh, return sometime in the fall. But today, we'll be diving into Jean-Marc Vallée's 2009 film, A Young Victoria, written by Julian Fellows of Downton Abbey fame and featuring a star-studded cast that includes Emily Blunt, Rupert Friend, Paul Bettany, Miranda Richardson, Mark Strong, Harriet Walter, and Jim Broadbent. This movie dives into the start of Britain's Victorian era, and uh, that's one that we haven't really covered too much here on Crowning Around. And reviews of this movie overall were fairly positive. Kirk Honeycutt of The Hollywood Reporter called it exquisitely produced but dramatically erratic. Uh, Manola Dargis of the New York Times called it frivolously entertaining, and Willie Waffle of WaffleMovies.com said of it, if you saw The Devil Wears Prada, you know that Blunt can be the most dynamic, scene-stealing, vivacious actress on the screen. What happened? Naturally, my two co-hosts and I were very excited to form some opinions of our own, so let's bring them in first. Don't try to hold this man's hand when he's walking down the stairs. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan What makes a human being more effective than a banister? Wait, than a banister?
1: Yes, like a railing. Wait, oh, uh, I mean, nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was what I thought as well. Um, I feel like I'd be more likely to fall over if someone was trying to hold my hand while walking down the stairs. All right, also back with us today, a woman well-versed in trying to get her dog to stay still for a picture. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, what have you found to be the most effective?
2: um honestly i just go with the flow i i move my camera to where her face is and like if she moves her face i move my camera there's no staging involved they're all they're all candids to the dog's whim
1: okay fair
0: enough yeah dash um unsung hero in this movie got kicked i feel like that was a little bit (laughs) underreported in one scene (laughs) But this poor dog. Yeah, this this dog really saw it all. Um okay, before we dive in, as always, we do like to exclaim that if you came here for any sort of factual clarity uh about Victoria, about the events that happened in this movie, this is this is not the place for that because we don't know. We are looking to learn. So we watched the movie with the assumption that everything that we saw here that happened on screen happened the way we saw it. And it's all true. So I guess let's just let's just dive right in. Ivan Could you give us a quick recap of what we saw in a young Victoria?
1: Would love to. Uh... Yeah, so this takes us back all the way to the 1830s, which is well before any of the other material that we've talked about here on this podcast. Um, So you have a young uh, Princess Victoria who is the heir presumptive to the British throne. Uh, Currently, her uncle, King William IV, um, is on the throne, and he is uh, kind of in his twilight years and on the way out, um, which has opened up a lot of uh, tension and kind of political intrigue around Victoria because she's. she is not of age to take the throne, which presents a lot of uh, opportunities for outside forces to try to influence her and and do all sorts of things, including potentially setting up a regency so that her mother and uh, kind of her we'll say boyfriend um can sort of run the show um and then meanwhile over in belgium you have a king who wants to uh, have one of his relatives marry victoria uh so that he can be uh, a little bit more influential um with regards to the relationship between uh, belgium and england so uh he sends uh prince albert uh off to uh, England to try to court Victoria uh, to initially limited success, but uh, ultimately they end up uh, forming a a relationship that evolves throughout this film. Meanwhile, uh, you know, when it, on in terms of the, the matter of the king and the succession, the king ultimately ends up passing away. Uh, Victoria ends up uh, taking the throne, avoiding uh, any um, threat of the regency that was trying to be imposed upon her. Uh, and meanwhile, you have the uh, current Prime Minister, Lord Melbourne, who is also trying to be extremely influential uh, over Victoria. His and Victoria's politics, at least on the surface le- level, align very closely. So she really uh, comes to to see him as a trusted advisor and friend. All sorts of, uh, we'll say, kind of like claws get kind of placed upon her and her palace and her rule where all the ladies-in-waiting are essentially friends of Lord Melbourne. So they're all of his views and all of his perspectives are kind of being thrust upon uh, Victoria even more so than they were before. Um, this leads to a lot of... Um, Conflicts down the line, for instance, when Lord Melbourne loses re-election, the prime minister from the opposing party that is set to take over is very frustrated that he does not get the same privileges of being able to appoint um, Victoria's ladies-in-waiting himself, which leads to a constitutional crisis. All the while, uh, uh, you know, our buddy uh, Prince Albert uh, is continuing to try to kind of weave his way into Victoria's heart. And, you know, they already have an extremely... um, uh, you know, kind of golden relationship, but uh, he's working hard to kind of cross the threshold toward uh, a proposal, um, which would have to be done by Victoria herself. Um, eventually, all of the uh, nonsense and the kind of political uh, tension and, and, and turmoil that's happening around the throne and in England uh, leads to her uh, reaching out to Albert, inviting him to England, proposing to him, and uh you know bringing him uh to her side initially this seems to be uh, a match made in heaven but uh some of the cracks of the marriage start to show and uh you know uh- Albert himself um, is, is trying to kind of wield a certain degree of power over Victoria that she doesn't take well to. All of this, I think, eventually coalescing uh, in an assassination attempt uh, on Victoria that ends up uh, uh, resulting in uh, Albert being the one who is uh, injured, although not killed, and that uh, only serves to bring them uh, closer together. Yeah, uh, it, this movie has a very strange narrative structure where a lot of the things are kind of resolved off screen and a lot of the tension is built up and ultimately resulting in nothing climactic. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dive in. That's uh, The Young Victoria.
0: Thanks, Ivan. Carlin, just a level set, because I feel like especially in this most recent season of The Crown... The shadow of Queen Victoria has kind of loomed large over Elizabeth in her life. But what what do we know about, what did, or what did we know about Queen Victoria coming into watching this movie?
2: What, what did we know? Uh, she was the longest reigning monarch, right? Was she the last queen?
1: Uh, uh, he, she would have been, yeah. Yes.
2: I think it was a very prosperous reign. Obviously, it was long. Oh, what else did we know about her? I feel like I'm failing a quiz right now. Do you have the answer? No.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, I feel like the answer generally is not much. I mean, we know that, um, like Queen Elizabeth, like really kind of admired her, and yeah. in some ways, I guess, like mirrored her own reign after Victoria. So I guess the natural question is, like, where did we see any similarities,
2: okay. if any? I I do but, think okay. that Albert had like Philip vibes for a hot second there. So <laughs> maybe she's like, ah, oh, I know how you feel, girl. I too have a husband who wants to do more than he's allowed to do. But Philip never took a bullet for Elizabeth, so
0: you know <laughs> That is that is true. Although in some ways I feel like he may have wished he could have, because that would have been exciting.
2: <laughs> I think you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although uh, I just
2: I don't know, I can't imagine anyone in like the modern day trying to assassinate a member of the royal family. It probably still happens, but
0: I don't know. Did That's MI5 exist in the 1800s? I feel like they'd be all over that.
2: <laughs> um, probably not, right? Do they even have the police yet?
0: We no don't have MI1. MI1, yeah. <laughs> all right, Ivan, to your last point, I think if we're just looking at this movie as a whole, uh, I was not extremely captivated by the events that took place here it felt uh i I watched it on 1.5 x speed and even that
1: felt too slow (laughs) wow it wasn't that long of a movie
2: i've never done that before does it make it worse like inevitably because everything sped up
0: no i did feel like their waltz scene had a little bit more life to it i imagine if you watched it on regular speed it would have just been like excruciating
1: (laughs) but we've We've watched some pretty dreadful films for this podcast. This is the first one that you felt you needed to speed through. I feel like even the bad ones,
0: like there was some element of comedy in them. I just didn't get really anything out of here. And it was this movie tonally, like it tried to present as a romantic drama, but Victoria and Albert spent more than half the movie apart. So I don't know. It it didn't, it it just felt really slow.
2: You know what my problem was? They told us, right. I mean, so like, first of all, we all know she gets on the throne, but they were like, oh, like, you know, the narration in the beginning that was like, we don't know if she's going to sign the Regency papers. And it's like, no, we do know she's on the
1: throne. (laughs) And they tell
2: us that she's on the throne, like immediately. So I'm like. Well, so what's the problem going to be?
1: This is a movie about the young Victoria. Like, there wouldn't have been a movie about the young Victoria if we didn't know that she would grow up to become the middle-aged Victoria. It's true. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I Yeah, no, I agree. I think the narrative tension, it didn't have any, like, cohesion building. Like you've said, like, it didn't really build toward anything emotionally.
1: I mean, the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of the movie kind of fools you into thinking that it's going to be all about, like, the power grab of, like, who's going to control Victoria and, like, you know, will she sign the Regency, will she not, you know, what will what will come of, you know, her mother and her, you know, like, what do we call Sir John, like, her uncle-ish, her
2: Is he your house manager or something? I don't
1: even know. Something, but like, you know, it it really seemed to, at the onset of the movie position, like, you know, Sir John is the primary antagonist, and then he just kind of quickly goes away and is no longer a problem early on in the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, so let's talk about kind of like, yeah, that whole situation in the beginning. Definitely a little awkward. I felt like Mark Strong's John Conroy felt always a little bit more... Like he felt like he had more gravitas than he actually had. He would like demand things of Victoria that he really had no place to demand. He would his his main arguments that a lot of times would just be shouting to sign the papers.
2: And also when he shoved her, is that not like a execution? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the thing that I didn't understand is like, and and again, because this was resolved so quickly, it didn't even matter. But like for a moment, it looked like, uh, you know, Victoria was living in this very fraught environment in her house where she was essentially kind of like a prisoner and, and being, you know, driven to sign these papers. But could she have not just told her uncle like, hey, these people are like lunatics and they're trying to like undermine like this, the succession here. Could he not have done away with them on her behalf?
2: Uh, yes, I think they were trying to argue that they didn't have a close relationship and she might have not felt comfortable doing that. But then William just went off on the mom and like, where did that come from? Were they had any interaction before then?
0: Well, yeah, and it felt like they had a very uh, close relationship at the birthday party because... He seems to real, or he being the late king played by Jim Broadbent seems to really like Victoria and be excited about the fact that she will be taking over the throne after him,
1: and 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 very actively against the idea of the regency too. Exactly, yeah. he's
0: mad about about Victoria's mother and and um, John Conroy stealing seventeen rooms in the house that they live in. How dare? <laughs> okay, explain to me
1: what that means
0: exactly.
2: Did he just put his stuff in
0: 17 Yeah, I think there were rooms? 17 empty rooms and they put stuff into them.
1: <laughs> but, like, were they renting this house from him and they just kind of, like, expanded beyond, like, the parameters that he agreed to? Like, what, what exactly happened? <laughs>
2: Don't they all get like quarters, like just members of the royal family get like little sections
1: or like rooms? Because this is Kensington Palace, which is like, Mm -hmm. is that the same like Kensington that Diana's living in? Like this is the same house. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so is the idea that like they were granted, uh, you know, rooms there and they just ended up expanding their stuff beyond the rooms that they were supposed to stay confined to? Like there's other Mm -hmm. like they're supposed to be sharing that palace with other members of the royal family from other parts of the family tree. Right.
2: I guess so. Or those rooms were genuinely just empty, which that kind of checks out. (laughs) Just some maid was snitching on them. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right. Let's pivot to Victoria for a second, because I think somewhat similar to Elizabeth. It seems like she was never really supposed to be the queen. But kind of circumstances happened that ended up with her becoming the presumptive next in line to the throne, at which point her life kind of shifted. She, as I mentioned before, had to have someone walk down the stairs with her. I think they said her mother slept in the same bedroom as her. She's kind of like pulled away from the public eye for the better part of her childhood. And um, yeah, it just feels like she came off as fairly well adjusted for being so isolated.
1: Yeah, the, the, does the movie make it clear, like, at what point in her childhood, like, things shifted and, and resulted in her being the heir?
2: I don't think so. But also, what is her parents, like, birth order? Because I'm trying to imagine no one else had kids. That's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, I guess so, because it would have been the the king and then two siblings of his and one of the siblings, presumably long-deceased, would have been Victoria's father, right? I guess so. Yeah. Hmm huh interesting
2: so i kind of get why she (laughs) was isolated if like back then you would have those like some other family shows up and takes over if you don't have any kids or like any heirs i like the idea that she thought she couldn't marry though if she was like the last of her line
1: if she if something were to have happened to victoria like who would the throne have gone to would it have been to uh william's wife
2: i don't know who gets it in that case
1: these are, two, these are two difficult questions. If it wasn't in the movie, <laughs> we don't know.
0: <laughs> <They're>,
2: <laughs> well, they needed more about this really fraught succession
0: line. You thought this was a political movie, but it was not. It was a romantic movie between... The
1: first 20 minutes were a political movie. Well,
0: no, but then hard pivot, because now we're going to pivot to the relationship between Victoria and her first cousin, Albert. They really
2: didn't emphasize that.
0: They did not <laughs> <laughs> emphasize that um her first cousin albert who now this is where it gets a little convoluted his uh is it his uncle is in belgium leopold and yeah. albert is in germany but i guess leopold views albert as kind of something of a political pawn and he's like you know what you should go and uh you know you should become victorious husband and uh drama no drama whatever it happens so good for him
1: (laughs) wait wait hold on uh leopold is he victoria's mother's brother is that the relationship Mm -hmm. okay so wait would this would this really be a first cousin then
2: do they share an uncle
1: yes because
0: leopold would be her uncle
2: i think they yeah i think they'd be cousins
1: but he's not he's not leopold's son right he's leopold's nephew
2: Uh yeah, there may
0: be another brother. I don't know. It's a little unclear, but I do know that they're first cousins.
2: There might be a yeah. I imagine there's a third. There's a second brother.
0: Okay, there's another brother Ernst, but he feels irrelevant to the story.
2: To be honest, (laughs) I didn't. I couldn't tell them apart at first, and I like I was like whoever stays in the movie is the important one.
1: Yeah, Ernst was very supportive. Like he was, he was fun and 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 very like anachronistic. He would just sort of like you know give uh, 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 Albert a pat on the back and be like, you dog.
0: <laughs> on the romantic side of things, there's never really any doubt that Victoria and Albert are going to end up together. They do present this kind of like faux suitor, George, who I think is also
1: a cousin. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Poor but- Victoria. Could she have anyone who isn't a cousin?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. Hold on though. Cause it wasn't 100% clear to me. Cause we need to talk about Lord Melbourne and the, tension between him and victoria and what was going on there
2: i'm sure there was an age gap there but like they were my ship i i know it couldn't happen (laughs) and i feel like it would be a really big scandal if um a royal ever fell for a prime minister but it was juicy and i was supporting that
1: because what i didn't understand about lord melbourne is like what was his end game Like, obviously, uh, you know, being so close to Victoria bolstered, you know, power for him and, you know, allowed him to spread, you know, people who were very friendly to, you know, his uh, causes all throughout the palace and beyond. But like, was his goal to just leverage that into staying in office forever? Like, was that what he wanted to just continue to get reelected and continue remaining in power and nothing beyond that?
0: It seemed like it. I mean, it was hard for me to ship them because mostly because of the age gap and the fact that they had that whole conversation about her dad. But it just,
2: <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think that was I think it's mostly if they can just get reelected endlessly, I would imagine getting in with a monarch would be the way to go. I think he liked her. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I never I feel like I never got those vibes. You know, oh, I got the vibes. Her
2: company. You got those vibes.
1: <laughs> I got those vibes. Yeah. Like big time. Like I, the whole time I was thinking like, is he trying to kind of weave his way in into getting a proposal from her so that his, you know, power and influence over the country would be eternal?
2: I just want to know, can you do that? Like, can you marry a like normal person?
1: Well, he's a lord.
2: Lord. Oh, I guess he is a lord. I think that'd be a really interesting turn of events for English history.
0: But a lord is not a prince or a cousin.
2: I hope (laughs) it happens again with the new generation. One of them. Wait till you're older and get with a prime minister. Let's see what happens.
0: Interestingly, I I was going to say, interestingly, at the beginning, they say that Victoria is a liberal.
1: Whatever that means in the 1830s.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was interesting in contrast to the version of the royals that we see in the crown repeatedly.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I guess the, the liberal stuff is probably very old traditions that the modern ones were like, we want to keep the Victorian tradition.
1: Sorry to interrupt you, Ivan. Oh, no, sorry. I, I forgot. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't remember. No, what, uh, what I really got a kick out of is like when Lord Melbourne was introduced, there was like that like rapid, like multiple cuts of like women turning their heads to look at him to like really <laughs> like establish this as like a very dashing character. And then he just ends up having little to no charisma.
2: I mean, I guess, but I did think Paul Bettany was very cute in this role. So, like, I, I can see it. I could I could have been one of those ladies. I
1: I liked this role for him because I've never seen Paul Bettany do anything like this.
2: It's true. They should have put him in Game of Thrones. He had potential. He could have done the political machinations. As, as who? I don't know. They can just make up a <laughs> lord. <laughs> There's so many houses.
1: <laughs> he, he could have been... Uh... He could have been like a Lannister with one of those like modern names that the Lannisters always yeah, seem to have. Kind of like, weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: he 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 could have been Kyle Lannister, but Kyle is spelled like with you know three Y's.
2: Yep, I I, I see. It. I see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one thing that this movie did, which was a little bit much to me, was they really tried to present Victoria and Albert as champions of the dispossessed and the homeless, which felt a little pandery to me, like I don't know, do you really need to publicly put your royals in this good light uh to such a a degree?
1: I think it's just a lazy way of getting us to you know quote unquote like them uh like yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because, like, like w- w- what does the movie, like, want me to do? Walk away thinking, like, oh, man, Queen Victoria's politics are, like, so in line <laughs> with mine. Like, r- 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 really really curious to see where this is going to go from here.
2: I don't even know. It. I wish I knew what policy she actually, like, the real lady enacted on England. But I don't know. I don't know what she did.
1: Well, because isn't, like... The Victorian era, like, for London specifically, supposed to be, like, one of the, like, the least habitable, like, time periods to live in the city. Like, it was just, like, basically, like, you know, sewer water in the streets and everybody getting sick all the time.
2: Well, there was Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah, that was Jack the Ripper time.
1: That would have been, like, a you know, a couple decades after, like, this story. Like, yeah, probably toward the end of her rule. But, like, it's weird that all the emphasis on, like, housing... Knowing that like yeah, Victorian era London is supposed to just be a hellhole,
0: well, yeah, it also would have coincided with the start of the industrial revolution, which um is notoriously known for sustainability and clean air, yeah. <laughs> right yeah, I want to pivot to we learn in this movie that Victoria is the first inhabitant of Buckingham Palace, oh, yeah, which I did not that realize cool. until this movie
2: yeah, it's a young it's a young palace.
0: We saw a move in to Buckingham Palace. I thought it was funny that, uh, similar to some of the apartments that, you know, we've kind of gotten in the crown, she's going to send her mom to the palace, but as far away as possible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's on the opposite side.
1: So Kensington Palace predated Buckingham. I guess yes. that
2: kind of makes sense that they wouldn't want to be like in the city until the more modern era, because they were like perceived as gods that were like distant. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. That someone was like, sorry, guys, you got to be in the city.
1: But where was King William living? Kensington? In Windsor. Oh. I don't know. Oh, Where are oh. all these
2: palaces? Can someone explain the difference between Windsor and Kensington location wise?
1: Well, I think Kensington probably is more like toward or within the city, whereas yeah. Windsor is off in the country.
2: Mm. Okay. And then Valmorals in the most country.
1: Well that's all in right. Scotland. Yeah, Valmorals well, yeah, <laughs> all the way up in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: I uh I want to revisit a topic we touched upon earlier, which is um the idea that a proposal has to come from Victoria. Which did surprise me a little. I mean, I get that like she will ultimately have the the choice in who her who her husband will be, but for her to be the one proposing, um I was a little bit like surprised by the decorum of that.
2: I just want to know when that went away because I don't think that Elizabeth proposed to Philip. They would have talked about that.
1: Well, but the difference is Elizabeth wasn't queen yet when she was uh, engaged. so maybe mm. maybe the rule hasn't changed so much as just it applies differently depending on where you are in your succession. Oh. Yeah. And
2: we'll never know cuz all the next successors are going to be boys. That's was oh, right. interesting. I mean, I think that's kind of nice. At least you get to do one thing.
1: Yeah. I'm actually like surprised that there wasn't more pressure for her to uh, you know, figure like lock down the whole husband thing earlier on in her reign because you would imagine that once all the regency drama went away after king uh, william passed like the next like logical step for all of those like competing forces would have been to like nail down this whole marriage thing and you know get their boy in there but there I wasn't know. much pressure uh for that
2: Maybe, I don't know if they had any decency and were like, she's 18, we don't need it yet. But also, you're right. I kind of am surprised that oh, there weren't like- Oh, Carlin,
1: a come on. Like, like no, her being it, 18 it... was a deterrent.
2: <laughs> I don't think so, yeah, huh. I wonder how she managed that one.
1: Well, wait, how much time passes throughout this movie? Is this all over the course uh, of a year or so?
2: Maybe, I no I think idea. it's a
0: little bit longer because it takes some time for them to plan the coronation, I believe. Which speaking oh, of, right. we have now all lived through a coronation. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That did. happened. Did we you guys watch to... it? No.
0: No. I saw I the meme,
2: either. the photo of him like looking really sad with all the regalia on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah. funny because like compared to like both the crown and like you know the literal real life coronation that that you know we saw or at least saw after the fact. Like, this one just feel, felt so bright and colorful and grand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: That is true. Let me think. Uh, where, where do we want to go from here? Okay, well, <laughs> let's talk about how quickly it takes for uh, Victoria to nearly throw the country into complete disarray. There's a mob at the gate. They're throwing rocks through the window, all because all of her court has been appointed by Lord Melbourne. It really was shocking to me, like how the people were portrayed in this movie as really just kind of like going with the wind. It doesn't take that much for them to fall to rioting and then immediately love her again.
2: See, that's why I wish this had like a dual narrative where we had like one normie, because I don't understand what's going on for the everyday person.
1: One normie who's also named Victoria.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who's also young? Yes, yeah, no, it was very unclear, like, what she was doing and how it impacted anyone on the daily. Like, at least in The Crown, we kind of see, like, a little bit. Not here. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, we only had, like, an hour and 40 minutes of real estate. And, I mean, arguably, that, like, that wasn't enough time for the for the movie to even tell the story that needed to be told here because they glossed over, like, a lot of really big stuff.
2: I just want... What did they think their story was? Unclear. Is it just supposed to be Victoria and Albert?
0: Mm-hmm. well that was the that was the problem with the movie
1: that they couldn't decide what they wanted it to be well like here's a question like what was the climax of this film
0: the assassination
2: attempt no the climax for that
1: i
0: mean yeah it's the fight between
1: victoria and albert i think from like a
0: structural and what was the re-
1: and the resolution to that is the assassination yeah, yeah he appreciated
0: yeah. him finally yeah, he, he takes a bullet for her and she appreciates him again that's and then a- they live, Then they then they reign for twenty years until he gets typhoid and dies.
1: Right, and and so the problem with <laughs> with that is that the you know that fight and you know the the assassination, like the tension that that resolved started building up five minutes prior. Like, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it, this was not the conflict of the movie. This was just like a you know hastily added in new plot in the third act that just kind of like was built up very quickly and then just fizzled out just as fast. Yeah. This
2: is where it makes me think that I wasn't paying enough attention. So thank you for telling me that that came in out of nowhere. Well, I thought the entire third act
0: was a bit sloppy because the third act hits, they get married. They make out for probably like 10 minutes in 20 different locations and oh,
1: <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, okay. So the the morning <laughs> after their honeymoon, where like after they've you know done the deed for the first time, and she's like hovering over his bed. Did it not look like he had died? Like <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> like like and no, no, no. no I I'm I, I'm serious. Like so, you know, they get married. Like they, you know, have their honeymoon. They, you know, engage in coitus for the first time. And then, like, the movie makes it seem like we had suddenly flashed forward 20 years and she's, like, looking over him as he's passed away. The way he was, like, laying there and, like, you know, kind of just, like, eyes closed, the the glowing light behind them. Like, I mean, like, I watched it with my wife and we both thought the exact same thing. I
0: don't know that I got that, I will say.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask you this, though. Like, would you put it past this movie to have done that?
0: No. No. I don't exactly. think they really cared about Albert. <laughs> Speaking of, we haven't really touched upon this whole interaction, but I think just a brief timeline of Albert. So Albert gets sent to to London. He's been briefed on Victoria, so he knows all her favorite plays, all her favorite musicians, all her favorite things. And his goal, I guess, is to just shower her with similarities of how similar they are. He immediately breaks off script, goes off script, He doesn't actually like any of the same things as her. He likes Schubert, who's all the rage now. They hang out for a bit. Then he goes back to Germany. They write letters back and forth for 30 minutes of screen time, 25, I don't know, a while. Then he's like, I can't do it anymore. I need to go back. And they're like, you can't go back without an invitation. And he's like, make up an invitation for me. And then Leopold is like, okay. (laughs) And then he goes back and then they get married almost immediately. I think at face value, it's one of the most uh, unsatisfying love stories I've seen on screen in a while.
2: Yeah, I I feel like the only thing that made me think that they were cute was when um, Victoria put their desks together. That was the only thing. I like that. <laughs> but like before that, I could have taken it or left it.
1: Was that desk shipped in from Germany? Maybe. I don't
2: know. It was very similar to like, oh. the one she had, though.
1: Right, because she's like, oh, I, you know, said something along the lines of, oh, I took the liberty of, like, moving your desk here. Like, which desk? Like, one that he was using already at that palace? Or, like, literally his desk from Germany?
2: Oh, I thought it was just the one in the palace. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Did you, did we, so did we feel, like, satisfied with the love, with the romantic portion of this
1: story? I mean, we've seen worse, like, in the span <laughs> of this podcast, like, we <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, this movie was not remarkable, but, you know, it was pretty watchable to me. Like, I, I liked some parts, and, you know, it held together. It, it it was a little all over the place, but I wouldn't say it was a mess.
2: Yeah, it was fine.
0: All right, let's, uh, I don't know, I feel like we've, ta- we've talked a little bit, but we also haven't talked a little bit, or talked a lot about the relationship between Victoria and her mother. Very fraught, and... um Yeah, I felt like uh, I didn't really understand the the mother here. It feels like she's always a bystander to these terrible things happening to Victoria and just lets them happen. And Victoria at one point is even like, I'll remember that you just stood here and watched it all happen. And the mom is just like, "Mm, "Okay, (laughs) it was uh, it was kind of
1: tough to watch.
2: Was the mom married to the John guy or like what was their deal? Why was she listening to him?
1: I think it was just heavily implied that, you know, they were, you know, a thing, but okay, yeah. couldn't be a thing in a very public way.
2: I felt like it didn't really get resolved. Like, the, yeah, you're right. Like, the mom never really said her piece about anything, did
1: she? Well, I think, again, the first 20, 30 minutes of this film really kind of, like, deceived us into thinking that, It was going to be a lot more about, you know, her mother and Sir John and kind of the the impact that they're trying to have on her. But the movie, again, dispensed with that pretty early on.
0: Then at the end of the movie, there's this big kind of like series of firings where first she sends John Conroy away. Then she sends her former maid, Letson, away. That one confused me a little bit. She's like, this is something I need to do. (laughs) i need to send away like my childhood nursemaid well she (sighs) was
1: like she she was not one of like melbourne's maids was she 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 was before that i think so Mm yeah so why did she need to do it
0: unclear (laughs) unclear to me okay i do want to talk about so albert arrives they get married and albert is all about streamlining the processes in the palace and making them more efficient how dare he how dare he want to clean the outside and inside of the windows simultaneously? Um, he learns throughout this process that there is every night a dinner in honor of King George the Third, who has been dead for 20 years. I mean, in a way, we've seen this happen to, uh, with Philip a lot, where, you know, these guys just need something to do. I think there's even kind of like a line in here that alludes to that. So I did feel for Albert a little bit. Because it is a little bit ridiculous, like, how, how stuck these people get in in process oh. sometimes.
1: Oh, 100%. And, in fact, I think they did a much better job, like, uh, uh, justifying, like, Albert's pres- frustration than they ever did uh, Phillips. Because, yeah, like, there's, like, if I understand correctly, so... This is a dinner that is held every single night and attended by the former guards of the long deceased king from twenty years ago. Like basically, the palace <laughs> is continuing to feed them every night twenty years past like their retirement. Is that yes, what's happening? I think yes. so. Yeah, I mean Albert's not wrong. That is extremely wasteful.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. They should yeah. have given Philip something like that.
1: You know, you know what they should have done. They should have told those guards like, hey, you get dinner tonight, but you're going to have to wash the outside of the windows while they're simultaneously being washed inside.
2: That would have done it. But also, it feels very German that he gets to do that. Good for him. It,
1: <laughs> it does. Uh, Albert
0: eventually is going to take a bullet for Victoria in what seems like the shoulder. That whole scene was a little bit bizarre to me. Um, I think the most bizarre part of it was when we see the mother's hair on her arm literally stand straight. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Is there going to be some historical anecdote about how, like, she had a moment where she thought something bad was going to happen, and then it, she t- turned out her daughter had an assassination attempt against her? Never yeah, explained. I don't know.
1: I mean, regardless of, like, his relationship to Victoria and the fact that they were married, would, uh, wouldn't anybody in that situation be like royally obligated to take that bullet for her? Like, would it have been an act of treason for Albert to not try to get in the way of the bullet?
2: Ooh, big questions. Yeah. Kind of feels like that.
1: Have you guys uh, seen the actor who plays Albert in much before, Rupert Friend?
2: His name's so familiar, but I don't know why.
1: I literally just saw him in a film last night.
0: Wow. Is he in the Hitman?
1: Uh, I don't know, but I saw him in Asteroid City uh, last night, the new Wes Anderson Uh. film.
0: Got it. And um, which performance of his do you prefer?
1: Uh, I mean, probably The Young Victoria, because, you know, it's a (laughs) modern day Wes Anderson film. So it has, you know, 30 A-list stars that each get, you know, 30 seconds of screen time. I think he got 35.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't believe he was in the Hitman remake or the Hitman uh, sequel, Hitman Agent 47. Hmm. Who did he play? Agent 47. He did indeed play Agent 47. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, of all the, you know, Queen Victoria goes on this kind of like firing spree. I was su- I was surprised that uh, Lord Melbourne also didn't get some sort of telling off. At the end of the movie, he's basically just like, I gave you some bad advice. I'm sorry. And she's like, it's okay. Um,
2: <laughs> yep, it's true.
0: Uh, she really let him off easy in comparison to everybody else.
1: Yeah, again, I have no idea what the hell was going on between those two. It was a weird relationship.
2: (laughs) It was. It really was.
1: We
0: get some end cards. So they're going to have nine children over the span of 20 years.
1: Um, Yeah, that's
2: insane. How do you survive nine pregnancies in that time? you just have to get (laughs) really lucky?
1: in the (laughs) mid-1800s.
2: I think you have to get really lucky.
0: The children are going to become royalty all over Europe. So her progeny are
1: everywhere.
2: Well, yeah, because isn't that how Philip and Elizabeth are related through Victoria?
1: Oh, that would explain offspring? a lot. Yeah. So one goes to Greece or Germany, or
2: yeah, yeah either one. I don't Probably understand. Else. There was more than one. It's like one in Germany and one in no. Then that'd be that'd be really incest.
0: Yeah. Um, we got the card uh, again about how they reformed welfare and about how they supported the arts and sciences. So about how how good people they were. And then we get the end card that is now out of date that says that she is the longest reigning sovereign. No longer the case. So God
1: save the queen.
0: <laughs> you know that's the da- that's the danger of end cards.
1: You know,
2: didn't it say so far? Did it say so far? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it said like you know as of yet or you know. So, so. it definitely made it clear that the the record would pro- would <laughs> very likely be broken in the near future.
0: At least they were honest. And honestly that's pretty much the movie. Um I don't know anything that we that we didn't talk about that we missed here.
1: Oh, I just want to say that the director of this film, Jean-Marc Vallée, I was like looking up to see what else he'd done and he'd done uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Wild which are both uh you know generally well-regarded films. I both enjoyed them, but he also directed every single episode of the first season of Big Little Lies.
2: Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. There's a connection.
2: Wow.
0: This movie did win Best Costume at the BAFTA Awards and the Oscars, and it earned Emily Blunt a Golden Globe nomination.
2: Huh. That was Okay. It. All right.
0: <laughs> I like the big
1: little lies thing better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Shall we are we, are we doing the same thing that we've done previously where Ivan you yes. are the judge of the kinky yes. crown award?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. It's been a minute and sometimes this segment is a bit of a miss, but every episode we we give out a kinky crown award because historically Netflix had been, you know, especially a season 1 Netflix show had been home to some kinky moments. There were a couple things here. Carlin, I'll let you go first. What is your nominee for for today?
2: I mean, I was kind of on my off game, but I think couldn't I be my own mistress um, is my nomination.
0: Wait, couldn't I be my you're going to you're gonna have to that, jog my yeah. memory.
1: Yeah,
2: that was Victoria. She was like trying to say that she didn't want to get married. And then she said that line and I'm like, OK, so she wants to marry herself. That's all I got. I, I Go, Sam. <laughs>
1: all right. All right, Sam. This is this is uh, your game to lose. <laughs>
0: Okay, I have a real nominee, but I also want to i want to shoot out an honorable mention first if that is okay okay um my first honorable mention well my only honorable mention right now is the fact that there's a uh, a job that is mistress of the robes. one of her handmaid or not hand handmaid's not the right word, but one of her ladies in waiting is specifically the mistress of the robes, which I thought was very interesting. Sam, do you but- know what
1: the word honorable means
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways, my, my nominee is um, when um, she's playing chess with Albert and she says, I'm sure half the politicians are ready to grab me by, grab me by my skirts and drag me from square to square. Oh, I don't love that.
1: Uh, I'm going <laughs> to give it to Carlin. <laughs>
2: hey. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah, that one has some vibes, Sam.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sam. Come on. It's it okay. Does. We had to struggle. That, that that one should have been your dishonorable mention. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Fair. But
2: I did think there's something kind of intriguing about like the political machinations of putting in a lady in waiting who essentially they like undress the royal, right? That's like their job. And that's why the favorite worked. Because someone was like, hey, that's pretty gay. <laughs> Wasn't gay in this movie, but someone thought of it. No,
1: it was not. Was anything in this movie gay?
2: Uh no, I don't think yeah, so.
1: Yeah, this is a very very stuffy heteronormative film, right?
2: I mean, it almost didn't even feel that well, straight. I don't think I don't think Victoria really wanted to get married. She seemed like she wanted to just uh be the second virgin queen.
0: Well, I, there was that one scene where um Albert told Melbourne basically that they would never be friends.
1: <laughs> wow, Julian Fellows knows how to make things steamy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, this was a time. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> I'm all right. Is correct. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a little bit of time here before uh, the Crown season six will be underway. I think we just got the news that it's confirmed that Claire Foy and Olivia Coleman will both be returning in some capacity to this final season of the Crown, which is very Wait, exciting. Wait, what? I didn't. I didn't see that. I saw both that on Colli- I did. Yeah, I saw that on Collider yesterday. Oh, so they will both be around, at least I'm assuming flashbacks. Yeah. I hope it's not some sort of like weird, like evolution of
1: man montage. (laughs) No, no, no. No, the the, the final scene will be Peter Morgan talking to all the actresses about how they're going to portray Elizabeth. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's very
0: exciting. No word on like the other characters and if they'll be making any reappearances. But we have that. In the meantime, though, um, we're going to have a couple more of these kind of specials. So next time we are going to be diving into... I should have pulled this up. We'll be diving into the 2013 romantic drama, Diana, starring Naomi Watts and Naveen Andrews. Ivan, this was one that you were particularly curious about, I believe.
1: Yeah, morbidly curious, but yeah.
0: Morbidly curious. 7% Rotten Tomatoes score, so... You know, should be just the way we
1: like it. Just yeah, just
0: (laughs) (laughs) is that the I, I wanna say that's among the lowest that we will have watched at this point. I think even um like Hyde Park on Hudson had a better score than that.
1: Wow. What's the lowest rated to like Rotten Tomatoes like ranking for a film that you've actually still liked?
2: I don't know the Rotten Tomatoes scores though. That's a problem.
1: Yeah, this is tough. I don't know. It for me it's gotta be I assume dude wears my car what what is the score? It's probably very low. Like okay, yeah, 17%.
0: But that was a I feel like by all accounts like a box office success. I'm seeing budget 13 million dollars, box office 100 million. Oh, That's wow. a 10x. Oh, there multiple. you go. As Lucas Matson says, the delta of a
1: TEDx guy is <laughs> huge. <laughs> by the time this episode drops, nobody will remember who Lucas Matson is. True. Um,
0: okay, so we'll be diving into Diana, very excited, well, no, that's the wrong word, moderately excited to dive into that. <laughs> in the meantime, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on the crown, on uh, the royal family, if they want to get the your thoughts on on the coronation um, in greater detail, where can they do that?
1: I mean, if there's a way to resurrect, like, the old, like, IMDB message boards, like, you can find me <laughs> on the discussions for Dude, Where's My Car? I'm sure of it. <laughs> Carlin, what about you?
2: Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald. Instagram at Carlin underscore G-E-E.
0: All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us if you have any thoughts or comments, questions, concerns, uh, is on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. And that's all we got for you. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next
1: time. And God save the Queen. God save the Queen. God save the Queen.